2: This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Cannata, joined by co-hosts, Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Cannata, joined by Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. And boy, oh boy, we are recording this show on Monday evening, and it's over 24 hours later, the adrenaline, the joy... The enthusiasm, other words too that aren't appropriate for air, are still in the air and running through our veins. What a game. What a finish. And one I am sure that none of us will ever forget. This will be talked about over and over and over again. Gronkowski standing at about the 15-yard line. He couldn't tackle anybody. Could I him? don't know why he's back there. Well, I know why. They it, throw it up. They he threw it knock. up in the air. He knocked That's it down. It.
1: That's exactly why. Tannehill, last shot, back to throw. They throw it down. They try to pitch it, and they do to Parker.
2: Parker pitches it. And it's great. Good!
3: 30, 20, that he has got a tackle! Oh, oh, no, no way! way. No, way. No, way. No. no way! No way! What's The Dolphins <laughs> win! <winning. What> unbelievable!
4: <laughs> Are you kidding oh. me? Oh. That is unbelievable! <laughs> I don't believe what I just saw!
3: Oh. What he sees in front of him a field of defensive backs and a Hawking tight end. Who stands at the 15 yard line? Daniel throws down the middle, caught by Stills, laterals back to Butler, or rather Parker, who flips it to Drake. He runs across the 40 doing it, angling inside the 30, 25, 20, 15. Teddy's gonna win the full race to the end zone! The Dolphins are gonna win it on the lateral! Once, then twice! And Drake takes it in! And the Patriots stand
1: stunned in disbelief! Tannehill, I got tira pase, lo tiene ahí para Kenny Still. Kenny Still, lo da la pelota acá a Devonta Parker. Devonta Parker, Kenyon Drake.
2: Kenyon Drake se va corriendo, cuidado. Kenyon Drake le tiene a
3: Gronkowski. Kenyon Drake, touchdown, Kenyon Drake. ¡Qué jugada! Miami.
1: gana este partido con una jugada sensacional tarea para Keny
3: Stills después para Devante Parker y después para Canyon Drake Rob Gronkowski defendiendo no lo pudo parar y ahí
2: man just hearing that again I mean Unbelievable. I have not stopped watching that play. Every time it shows up in my timeline, on Twitter, on Facebook, every time I happen to see it, I watch the whole play over and over and over again. One of you start.
1: The worried parent in me is still looking for a flag for like an illegal (laughs) block down the field or something like that.
2: Yeah. Oh, man.
1: It was incredible.
2: I, I can't believe it. Let's talk about these radio calls here. We can't play the CBS call because of copyright issues, radio calls are fair use and fair play and such, so we can play that. So we got, the first one you heard was the Dolphins radio call. Second one you heard was the Patriots radio call. The uh, last one you heard was the Dolphins Spanish radio call. And so, you know, the Dolphins radio call, you could hear the the announcers, Greasy, Greasy and them, they're just completely out of it. They have no interest in calling this last play of the game. And then all of a sudden, Drake breaks it and then you start hearing the screaming, you start hearing the euphoria, and they just go wild. And then you hear them at the end, I don't believe what I just saw. Unbelievable. That that was a great radio call. It, I, I can only imagine what it would have sounded like if the late, great Jim Mandich was calling this
1: game. Wow. The only thing that makes this game better is if... It propels us into the playoffs this year. That's, that's the icing on the cake for me. As it stands, regardless, it stands up with the Wildcat game in Foxborough. It stands with the Greg Camarillo last second uh, overtime win against the Baltimore Ravens. The Steelers game for me, the Steelers game in 2013 where we barely escaped with a pretty similar play, and Antonio Brown barely steps out of bounds. These are the types of moments that I will remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, and
4: it's plays like this. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting there. I'm feeling kind of numb. I'm like, damn, we let this one get away. It was a great game, shootout. And it's just one of those plays that, you know, every team practices it, but it never works out. And just to see – just to see it all unfold the way it did, I mean, I still have goosebumps. I've been smiling all day. I mean, tears rolled down my face when it happened. It was just one of the one of the best plays that you may ever see in your entire life. And like Sutton said, if this gets them into the playoffs, I would argue that it might be one of the best plays in the history of the Miami Dolphins. It was just incredible to see Kenyon Drake hit that. He, he hit that whole Ted Larson with a block and then he just outran Gronk who was stumbling. Like he just slipped on a banana peel. It, it was <laughs> great to
1: see. It, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, there's so many little things in that play. Like Kanata, you were saying before the show, the way that Kenny stills caught the ball. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to secure the ball and be able to lateral it. But then I think one thing that I haven't seen mentioned anywhere is when Kenyon Drake first gets a ball, and he's starting to break towards the middle of the field. He kind of looks backward to look to see if he could lateral to anybody. And the Patriots players kind of turn with him. And, and he's freeze. like, oh, yep. crap. Yeah, let me just go up the field. And then once he gets past that little threshold right there, then he has Kenyon – I'm sorry, uh, Gronkowski on spring break without any protection, not knowing how to do anything back there. <laughs> like uh, that, was, that was gold after he got to that point I was like dang like this and I still am worried like literally at this recording still worry that there's a penalty going to be caught on us
2: before we keep talking about the play I just want to go then to the Patriots radio call and you could hear them and then you hear oh Jesus when oh, Drake Jesus. starts breaking it um and then you know, like they you didn't hear the entire clip because it was just breakups of it but the, after the touchdown there was just dead silence on the patriots air for quite a bit and uh, the dagger the dagger in their
1: hearts how about the grandpa on bar stool that was don't understand much spanish
2: um, except por favor sianta day that's all i understand and uh, but you could feel the excitement in that spanish radio call as well
1: Juevos grandes.
2: Yeah, that's what Kiko said about Tannehill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, but you're right, son. You know, as I was tweeting out earlier in the day, uh, when the All 22 comes out, I'll be tweeting it out. But from the bits and pieces I saw of the uh, game footage, Tannehill threw it in a way, and I don't know if it was on purpose or whether everything was miraculous on this play. Uh, so whether it or not it was on purpose doesn't really matter. But Tannehill's ball ended up in a spot only where Kenny Stills could catch it, and Kenny Stills maneuvered his body, so he was the only one who had a chance to catch it. He paused for a second, looked for Devontae Parker, tossed it back to him. Devontae runs up the field, and on the All-22, you'll be able to see, and you could only see a little bit on the actual game footage from the TV copy, but Devontae had about 10, 15 yards to run before anyone would be near him. However, he was up the sideline, so he would have been boxed in. If he kept doing that, it would have been more laterals. His quick decision to toss it back to Drake, which Adam Gase was mad at first because he thought Devontae had room to run, that decision won the game for the Dolphins. Drake was looking to pitch it to somebody, couldn't find anybody, so he said, I'm going to keep the ball, and I'm going to start trying to make something happen. He said he saw Ted Larson coming up the field. So he waited, came inside on Larson, waited for Larson to come outside on him, and Amendola gives a little nudge to the Patriots defender right into Larson. Larson doesn't lay down a huge block, bumps him just enough to slow him down. Gronkowski, and when Drake ran to the left, the Patriots defenders up towards the end zone moved with Drake, then he cut back inside. Gronkowski did not think the play was going to get to him, so he wasn't really thinking of taking the angles and such. So by the time he realized, oh, my God, this is happening, he starts running towards Drake. He trips up. The Patriots defender coming from an angle on the side had a nice angle to push Drake out right at about the 2-3 yard line. And whether or not Drake would have jumped over, gotten into the pylon, whatever, we don't know. But Gronkowski, because he tripped and took a bad angle, then blocked the Patriots defender's angle on Drake, who got stuck behind Gronkowski, which allowed Drake to run into the end zone. So you just heard me say all that. All of that had to go right for this play to be successful. I mean, the Patriots had a 99.9% chance to win based on ESPN's probability statistics. There is no way the Dolphins should have won this game, but they did. And they are right back in the thick of the playoff race. They have an outside chance to win the division. I mean, probably not going to happen, right? But no one thought they would win this game. The Patriots lose two of their next three and the Dolphins win out, the Dolphins win the division. The Dolphins win out, very likely they make the playoffs as well. And I know there's warts, and we're not going to talk about the warts today. This, we're, not, we're not going to be negative. All I will say is despite some of the warts that were shown during this game and previous games, something like this can trigger a complete turnaround in one season. And it, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened to Miami.
1: How hilarious is it that it's Ted Larson out in front, probably the Dallas Thomas of this year's Miami Dolphins in terms of being a heel of the offensive line, being the the scapegoat for all the problems and for him to be a, a key block and all that. That's what a great story. And like you said, man, it's just, let's gloat in this. Let's have fun with this. This is amazing.
4: Yeah, and I I know we both of you are touching on certain things, but one guy we just got to tip our hat to, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we've been hard on him. You know, some of us, it's in the team's best interest, you know, to go and find someone to compete or back him up. But what he's done since he came back from this, I mean, Jawan James looked like he just smashed his ankle. And this guy came back, whether he was doped up, whatever it may be, he came back and he played a hell of a football game. He's been incredible since he came back. And you just got to give him credit because that ball to stills, I mean, just throughout the entire game he was going Throw for throw with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And he put through a perfect ball to stills there, like you guys said, that kind of started this Miami miracle. Uh, one quote that I just loved from this was when Kenya Drake was sitting there talking about Rob Gronkowski and how he's a future Hall of Famer and how he loves him. But he said, I I got somewhere to be, and I'm going to beat him. And he beat him to the end zone. He's like, I I don't know about you, Gronk, but I got somewhere to be. And he just made it to the end zone. Uh, This game is going to be one that we never forget. And I think Ryan Tannehill has a lot to do with the way the Dolphins have turned this season around and why they still have hope this late into the year.
1: And one thing we've said all along is Adam Gase commands a resilient group of players. And that's what you've seen so far. And we can go back to 2016 when we saw this with what the catapult was that year was two straight games with J.J. going 200 yards. And you saw that offensive line say, hey, let's put it on our backs. And that was the catalyst in that year. And, yes, this is the type of victory that can catalyze a team into performing well into the playoffs, whether or not we click there. That remains to be seen. There's some consistency issues, I think, that we would all admit, but for the time being, it's it's prudent to enjoy this enjoy this game and know that there is a lot of season left.
2: The Dolphins and Patriots have had a lot of great, oh my God, moments, right? You got the Wildcat moment. You had the Michael Thomas moment where the Dolphins Had to stop Brady as they're driving down the field. And this is just in recent memory. You had Xavier Howard just shutting down Tom Brady last season. And then this. And all of our reactions we're going to talk about. But there is one reaction in particular that was just off the charts. And we have brought him on here on FinSide Radio to discuss his reaction. His name is Sean Moore. And we're going to play the clip from his video. Joined Now you just heard that clip that hilarious funny passionate emotional clip with Sean Moore and I was on Facebook earlier today uh, after work just browsing around and, and I saw this video in the Miami Dolphins fan group and that I started dying because it was just so funny as you just heard and I pulled it off I downloaded I put it up to Twitter then I tried finding Sean got in touch with him on Facebook told him to come on the show then realized he had a Twitter which made it even better. And as of this recording, uh, this video has been retweeted on my account over 130 times, has been liked by uh, over 340 people, has been retweeted and quote tweeted by uh, people with 100, not hundreds of thousands, but over 10,000 followers, someone with 15,000 followers. It is, I dare say, going semi-viral right now. And right now with us is Sean Moore. Sean, thank you for joining us here on Finsider Radio. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. All right, Sean, let's – okay, so this show is all about the Dolphins' victory over the Patriots, the unlikely Dolphins' victory over the Patriots. And I, and your reaction is, I'm sure, the reaction of many Dolphins fans across the world. And I know for me, I just had my hands over my head. I couldn't believe what I had just saw. And it, you just took it to another level. So first of all, let's just talk about how you are able to – Not capture it because it was your security camera, but how did you remember to look back there and say, "Wait, maybe that got caught on camera"?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I just got that doorbell. It's one of those like ring doorbells. I literally had just installed it like less than two weeks ago, and it's it's kind of crazy. You know, now with the holidays, you know, the UPS and Amazon people are here like three times a day, right? And so. I'm just sitting at work today, and at like three o'clock, my little phone beeps, and there's activity at my door, and I see the UPS driver dropping off packages, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, I should go back and see if that funny moment when I ran out of the house and my neighbor came over was on there. And sure enough, it's like crystal clear HD quality, like minute long video of me screaming and cursing at my neighbor in my neighborhood, and then my neighbor. Jumping over here. So it was like instantly it was like, all right, I'll download that one and, and, and maybe show my wife and share
1: it and, and her love. I'm on the phone with you
2: guys. So, you know. <laughs> so what, what I thought was funny – I know Sutton has some questions too. But what, what I thought was funny was the doorbell, the doorbell camera actually picked up you screaming before you even opened the door. So it picks <laughs> you up screaming. You open the door. You're swearing. You're, you're, you're Then you catch yourself swearing. Your daughter – how old your daughter? <laughs>
3: she's uh two and a half she'll be three in March.
2: okay so So you're probably thinking oh my god my daughter's outside i'm screaming in the whole neighborhood you catch yourself swearing and then i i i found it hilarious your wife and your daughter just staring at you like what is going on is this guy okay is he okay something happened in the house what is happening and then all of a sudden we see your neighbor run over with his dolphin shirt on your wife sees his dolphin shirt and then goes about her business like it's okay i know what's going on something with the game and and she had the look that my wife had too when i showed her at the place like whatever okay what are you doing um just take us through that moment again
3: totally so well so i'm normally at the games i'm a season ticket holder and um, oh my God. I, I i had a i had a leg injury this year so i broke my leg earlier this year And so I I haven't gone to as many games as I had hoped to have gone to. Um, Although the Dolphins have been, number one, amazing in terms of accommodating me with a broken leg. They've been able to pick me up in the parking lot on a golf cart and drive me to the gate and relocate my seats to, like, a more accessible area. I mean, they've been, like, world-class all the way, number one. So kudos to Miami, the organization. Awesome. Um, But being at the Bills game last weekend and then – I live in Orlando, so it was like – Another trip down, it was like, you know what, my, my dad lives in West Palm, and my dad and I usually go to the games together. I gave my tickets to my uncle, who was just going to be in town that weekend, so him and my dad could go. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just watch the game at home. Well, <laughs> so so my, my wife is actually, this is kind of the funny wrinkle of the whole story. My wife is a Bills fan. She actually grew up in, oh. <laughs> in Buffalo. No <laughs> way. <laughs> Yeah, so she's from Orchard Park. Her and I met here in Orlando fifteen years ago. We've been married for almost ten years. Um, so she's outside with my daughter. Doesn't care at all about the game. You know, doesn't give <laughs> doesn't give a dang at all. Um, so when it happened, I just I, I I'm in my home alone, and I just wanted to like celebrate and scream and just let someone know like Oh my God, we've done it! We've you know we've finally you know, um, have this amazing comeback victory against the Patriots. And so I ran outside and of course my daughter's just staring at me and she's like scared to death. Although I think she's kind of used to it because <laughs> I've done this a few times a And then my, my wife's like, Oh yeah, cool. All right. And then like back to just hanging out in the yard. But then, um, my neighbor, the guy that ran over, his name's Vinny, he has a, a newborn baby And so he said that he was in his house and he was, like, he was, like, circling and jumping but being, like, super quiet because the baby was sleeping. And he could hear me from inside his house. He could hear me screaming and yelling outside. So then he ran over. And so that moment was literally he was, like, trying to figure out a way to celebrate but not wake up his six-week-old, you know, six-week-old baby.
1: And then he ran over, and that's, that's kind of how it all went down, so <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> that was going to be my first question, was this guy your neighbor? Because I could just imagine being in that position and, like, seeing someone in my front yard, like, naked juggling meat (laughs) cleavers and I'd be like hey come on in let's have a drink come on man this is the best moment ever so I just wanted to ensure the fact that he was your neighbor so thank you for verifying that (laughs) but one thing that was particularly impressive that Matthew kind of skimmed over in my opinion uh, was someone with a lot of children how were you able to filter yourself as you open the door it seemed like you were saying like oh shim this was awesome so like one of those kind of things so how were you able to take us through that moment like you're so exhilarated with the victory but then you open the door and you're like oh my god yeah there is my wife and my child so um how are you able to do that so, what's funny about the video is that
3: that camera angle, it's like a fisheye 270 yeah. degrees. So, it looks kind of skewed. Like, I'm not actually staring directly at my child, but I'm totally like staring her in the face <laughs> as I'm screaming. Like, she's standing at the end of the sidewalk. <laughs> and I open the door, and she's literally standing right there in front of me, just like this look in her face, like, Daddy, are you okay? And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know how. I, I, and granted, I. I it's kind of hard to really, well, maybe not, because it probably blares through the speakers on your computer. I had to
2: turn, I was listening I, I to it at work. I lost my voice.
3: <laughs> like, I completely lost my voice last night. I, I streamed so loud that, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure that there's probably neighbors that are, like, calling on, like, want to do wellness checks on us <laughs> <laughs> from the screaming. <laughs> But no, I. You heard that You could hear the the holy s word, and then I opened the door, and like I see my daughter. I'm, I'm literally ready to drop another s bomb. Yeah. I see her, like we yeah. eyes. Yeah, and I was like, oh shoot. <laughs> so, uh, luckily
1: I that, got was <laughs> that was impressive. That was as a four That was very impressive. Okay, <laughs> okay, so take us take us a few moments before the video starts, did you have any suspicion, okay, I don't know how long you've been a Dolphins fan, but did you have any suspicion at all that we stepped out of bounds, or there was a holding penalty, or there was an illegal block down the field, any reservations before you freaked out?
3: I I was a little nervous about a block in the back and then getting the flag, but also kind of, you know what play I thought of when this play happened was... This almost happened
2: Antonio against Brown, right? us with, yes. with Pittsburgh. Yeah, Antonio Brown. I was in
3: the yes. stands, bro. I really was. Oh I was my there. god! I was so there. I mean, it's funny. That was like the yeah. first thing I was thinking of. Was like, oh my god, this is our Pittsburgh. Yeah. Holy cow! Like it's actually happening. <laughs> and, um, and and knowing our luck against the the, the past and just the
2: history, and and I, do I do I dare say the reps, I mean, I thought for sure, like, yeah,
3: what's going to happen here? But. I don't know, it was just like, I don't know, maybe maybe it was just our time, it was our moment yesterday, so I was, I was just like so excited, I couldn't believe
2: it. So. <laughs> did your wife afterwards say like, what was going through your mind, did she say she thought you were having a heart attack, or something, something broke in the <laughs> house, or was <laughs> well, she just... Well, it's funny, I
3: actually do have, it's kind of funny because I do have
2: another video, as I went back and looked at these ring videos, yeah. I had a video... So it's funny, it's
3: timestamped, like, 4.08 or 4.09, like, exactly when the play happened.
2: Uh-huh.
3: But at, like, 4.02 at like or 4.03, I think I went out there to, like, hey, where's the kids? Or, like, how's it going? Or what are you guys doing? And I and she, she might have, I think, it's hard to pick up, but I think she asked me, like, what's going on with the game or whatever. And I was like, oh, they're going to get this, and they're up by this, and we're going to lose. And I was, like, kind of bummed. And, like, you can yeah. see me, like, walking back, like, sulking with my head <laughs> down. And so then it's like six minutes later or whatever it is, and I'm out there screaming like bloody murder. But um, So I think she knew it was football-related. Uh-huh. Granted, I, I will say this about my, my Buffalo um, uh, in-laws. They're very passionate about football. Um, my wife grew up in a football family. Her brother played football at Orchard Park High School, went to Kent State. I mean, her dad, they were season ticket holders in Buffalo for years. She's grown up around a dad that probably screamed and yelled just like I did um, when when she was growing up. So I yeah. think she's been around this this a lot. So I think she kind of knew, like, okay, good that. All right, cool. But right, that's right, you know. So she kind of rolled her eyes, and that was it.
2: <laughs> I'm just reading through the comments on all my on the Twitter uh, posts that I put up, and it's just it. it you know, Sean, you're, you're you're a guy like us, right? You're not a celebrity. You're not a former player. You're not an alumni. You're not a member of the Dolphins staff. But so, and I, I'm gonna dare to say this is one of our best interviews. I think that we've had on this show in a long time, just because, you know, it's it's the passion and emotion that we all felt when that play happened yesterday, and we're still living through it today. And, and it's just, I, I can't explain it. We can't. We none of us can explain it. And I think we are all living through you in this video as you (laughs) shouted to the entire neighborhood your joy for the Dolphins winning. I appreciate it yeah absolutely
1: even if you go back to the wildcat game i don't know that you can say that the you know the the social media presence was there like the the connection the connectivity was there so the fact that we're able to have these experiences and for guys like us that aren't in south florida we're in Cleveland and Connecticut, respectively. So, to, to yeah. live these moments through you guys that are so close to what's happening is just a, a really cool experience for us, too. That's awesome. Sean, yeah, that's great. Now, oh,
2: go ahead. Sorry. Have you heard from the Dolphins or anyone? I know your video just started going viral this afternoon. Have you heard? Yeah. Anything?
3: So, um, it's actually kind of cool. I, I, I've done so well, I don't want to say I've done. I mean, i I've, been a season ticket holder for probably over a decade now, and um, I I really, I I love this organization because they allow us, the fans, to really um, give back by participating in the Dolphins Cancer Challenge, so I've actually ridden in all of them, so I've never missed one. I've ridden in all eight Dolphins Cancer Challenges. Um, I've been a heavy hitter, which the heavy hitter status is if you've raised a specific number of dollars every year. So I was like, last year I raised almost three thousand dollars, so I was a heavy hitter last year. And so I've got through all of those events, and and just being down there a lot, I've gotten to know a lot of the people that work for the Dolphins. Um, You know, ex-ticket reps like my friend Rebecca Wright. um, She's she's a ticker up. She's now part of the staff there. I've gone to the London game twice, so it's cool. They've done all these like pep rally type meetups in London, and I've gotten to meet a lot of the alumni and a lot of the staff like i got to meet tom garfinkel and marino and everyone's always been just so cool and just really so inviting and just makes you feel like you're part of the family and i think i've really just taken to the organization it's it's been a lot of fun and so because of some of the relationships that i've had with him over the years um when this video kind of came out i sent it to my buddy will um who actually runs he runs the video boards at the stadium like he's part of the. The game day crew and like the media crew yep and um so i said because i work for a media school in orlando it's called full sale we teach like media technology and all that so um we even have some alumni that work for the dolphins which is pretty awesome but um so i sent him this video and he's like oh can we can we share this you mind and i was like go ahead so i don't know what they're gonna do with it i think they're trying to get i think they're trying to get like a bunch of fan reaction videos and stuff like that so so he, Will was like, Do you know have a pass as long and all that?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, go yeah. so, nice. ahead." Yeah, so we'll see. Nice. Who
2: knows what will happen. All so, right, son. Anything else for Sean?
1: No, just just happy to have you on the show and be able to celebrate this victory with you.
2: Sean, yeah, I come sir. down to Miami. Sean, I come down to Miami at least once or twice a year. I already did my two trips this year, but I'll be back next year. When I come down, I am taking you out for a drink. Uh, so. <laughs> Keep in touch, and Sounds we'll be good. in touch. And thank you for sharing your passion and your joy with us. You've made a lot of people's days with your video.
3: Awesome. My pleasure, guys. Thanks all so right, much for the call, and um, thanks again. Go fans.
2: I mean, what a great interview that was. Uh, just feeling the passion if, for someone like us, a fan like us, not a former player, as I mentioned in the interview, not a celebrity, no one with inside information, just one of us, and just the way we all felt after that game. Let's talk about our reactions, guys. Okay, let's talk about our reactions of that game Uh, and then the finish. Let's talk about the finish first. Uh, Houts, we'll start with you.
4: Yeah, as a pessimist Dolphins fan the whole time throughout this game, you know, Dolphins went down, they came back up, they went back down. But just deep in my heart, I thought, you know, this was going to be a game that they'd find a way to lose. Seven seconds left. I mean, the play never works. I mean, I've never seen it work. And aside from some Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary's, it just doesn't happen, and you see Ryan go out there. They just do the improbable, the Kenny Stills to Parker, then back to Drake, and like we touched on, Drake's looking around, and I think that's what kind of froze that Patriots defense. I was just sitting there in complete disbelief. I had to walk away because I was just, I was just tearing up, started to weep like a little baby. Uh, it, I love this football team, and no matter how down I can be at times, no matter how down we can all be, I mean, in our heart, all we want to see is this team win, so it was – the most incredible game, incredible finish to a game that I've seen in my life. And uh, I just am still overjoyed with how great it felt.
1: The reason I wanted to ask the filter question right away is because I was with all four of my kids during the end of that game and my wife was napping. So when my wife came out and was like, oh, hey, how the game turned out. I was like, I was impressed that I, I didn't, drop any four-letter words in front of them. So uh, the fact that he was able to do that and I was able to do that was pretty amazing feat. And I think part of it was just me being stunned. I just thought – I feel like there was a Mike Pouncey game maybe a couple years ago where he got too far ahead of somebody and that prevented us from getting a win or something. like. There's all these different plays that have happened historically that – have kind of woven into a jaded fan that I am. So the fact that at all, when you saw the smoke clear, that <clears throat> it was an okay play, like we didn't do anything wrong. It was, it was an amazing, amazing feeling. And uh, I, I just hope that we can uh, translate this into something more than just a convenient way for the football gods to, stomp on our every belief at the end of the season because we've seen this narrative where we've done well at the end of the season only to come up short in some other godforsaken way we have to be able to uh <laughs> kind of control our fate the rest of the season and hope that this type of uh hope that this type of play catapults us into something better
2: This play, it was the first time in team history that the Dolphins won a game on a touchdown with no time remaining in the fourth quarter. The total play was 69 yards, ironically, with Gronk missing the final tackle. The 69-yard score is the longest play to win an NFL game with no time remaining in the fourth quarter since the 1970 AFL-NFL merger. Kenya Drake ran 52 yards on the final play. This victory brought their market home to six and one and four and one this season against the AFC East opponents season sweep on the jets split with the Patriots, which is to be expected. And they have a chance to sweep the bills when they head up to Buffalo in week 17, the dolphins own the Patriots in Miami. The dolphins are now five and one in their last six home games against the Patriots and seven and two at home against new England in December and January games since 2000. That is staggering. They are 7-2 and two at home against New England in December and January games since 2000. Crazy. Miami now has 17 wins in its past 23 home games, which is the team's best stretch at the venue. since going 18-6 and six from September 4, 2001 to December 28, 2003. And Drake's game-winning touchdown was the ninth lead change of the day, which marks the most lead changes in a game in Dolphins history. According to CBS, there was a lot more to this game, right? The dolphins were battling back and forth the entire game. And I don't think any of us expected that, especially when we heard the news that Xavier Howard was out. I tweeted that it was going to take an absolute miracle for the dolphins to pull this one out. And boy, did they get a miracle, but I don't think any of us expected them to be back and forth and down by six before halftime going into halftime. And then pretty much battling right down to the last few minutes. And then it was okay. Dolphins weren't able to stop Brady and the Patriots. Here they go. Pass interference on Nika Fitzpatrick. Patriots will run out the clock, kick a field goal, win the kick it off, win the game. And then the miracle happens.
1: But think about this too. Steven Goskowski misses a point after. He misses a 42-yard field goal, and they had just put a graphic up about how many field goals inside 45 yards that he had made. We had two blocked punts. Okay? And then we stopped them from getting any points at the end of the first half, which is very un-New England-like. So there are so many fluky plays before that miracle even happens, which makes the end of this game even more weird than it already is.
4: Yeah, this was one of the most unique games. I mean, you can remember in recent memory and I can't wait for the All-22 to come out. I can't wait for that to replay on NFL Network because you know it's got to be one of the game of the weeks. Uh, Let's just hope that the Minnesota game isn't a letdown. I mean, this team's coming off a crazy high. Minnesota's not looking very good at all right now and uh, these last three games, I mean, everyone said if you can beat New England these last three games, you know, they're all winnable and it's just the Dolphin fan in me. I feel like something bad's going to happen, but everything is setting up for this team to make the playoffs.
2: I, I feel like I need to talk about and we need to talk about the game, but at the same time, I feel like the fans and those listeners, we just need to bask in this glory of the miracle in Miami. and just let that this be this entire show. And we'll be back later this week with a preview against the Vikings, and then just a more standard recap of the Patriots game. Uh, What do you think, guys? Uh, Do do we continue on with the miracle in Miami and talk about it a little more? Or do we wrap up the show with a standard recap of the Patriots game?
1: I think it's okay to address a couple concerns. I think any of us can kind of enjoy the high of that victory, but also understand that there's some other football things to take care of. You know, the D, there's still some work to be done. And one thing that I didn't think going into this game was I was saying, Hey, New England's going to, they're going to target running backs and tight ends all day long. And what they ended up doing was stone to their wide receivers all day long. And they targeted Minka Fitzpatrick, and that's not something that I expected them to do. They targeted the the one guy in the secondary that was viable at that point. And New England did, in my opinion, bring a little concerns to Minka playing on the boundary, in my opinion. Uh, we could get to this later on down the road just because it is a little bit of a downer subject, but they did pick on Minka quite a few times during the game. Um But I will say, by the same token, that one thing that we've gotten on Adam Gase on before was not sticking with the running game, and that's something that he did in this game was was stay consistent with his run play calls, and it was consistently productive, and it was uh, a good part of the game plan because we were able to keep them off balance by being able to uh, run effectively for the most part, especially on first and second down. And uh, we were able to sprinkle in enough good pass plays that we were able to um, put up 34 points. Pretty ridiculous. Gase called one hell of a football game. I mean, we've been pretty hard on him in the
4: past. I know everyone saw the uh, picture of Dow Loggins going around. So he had some say this week that maybe we didn't see previously, but... Overall, Adam Gase called a near-perfect game. The one thing that I will say stood out was that third-and-one call. It reminded me so much of the fourth-and-one against Houston. I just don't know what he's doing. He's overthinking things. I mean, that game or that play alone could have lost this game single-handedly for the Dolphins. I mean, we know what happened, the miracle in Miami, but on third-and-one, running that play action with very little options other than what looked like Frank Gore in the flats, it's just a boneheaded play call, run it up the middle, Uh, quarterback sneak. I mean, there's so many different things you can do there. But overall, hell of a game plan. What they did with Brandon Bolden, I mean, the guy, was he came back and seeked his revenge. I think at one point he had two carries, 61 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, we all play fantasy football. No one in the world had Brandon Bolden in this game. It's just incredible the way that Adam Gase almost kind of hit him throughout the season. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't a viable option, but, you know, they're playing New England. Why not go out there and give him a chance to make some plays? He did just that. Overall, one of the better games that Adam Gase has called. You just would like to see a little bit more consistency out of it.
2: So you mentioned the the uh, fourth and one where Tannehill basically half fast play action um, and then rolls out to his left and then just sacked right away. Um, so Adam Gase actually said in his press conference earlier in the day that all his short yardage calls were with Ryan Tannehill running. And once Tannehill got hurt at the end of a second half, Pretty much that went out the window. So Gaze even was saying when he saw Kenny Stills just drop in front of that first down marker that he was upset because he knew the calls that he had on his page and that they weren't probably going to work. But then again, you know, I say, well, why didn't you adjust and give it to Frank Gore or something like that, which which doesn't make a ton of sense. But I don't want to really get into that tonight on this show. I want to get into that in a different episode. We will get into that in a different episode when we give our more full recap of this game and preview to the Vikings game. But you're right, sign you're right house. You know, there were a lot of things that were great with this game. There were some that you could take away and say, they need to improve on it. Uh, the, the, I thought Adam Gase, like you said, called a great game. The execution was great. Uh, he did say in his press conference that nothing changed in terms of play calling, but we, ne- we can never take what they say at press conferences at face value. Uh, it did look like Dowell Loggins had some more input, Uh, on this game day and perhaps was uh, making quite a few calls there as well, even though we really won't know for sure. Tannehill has played his best football under Adam Gase, and the Dolphins, again, will have a big decision to make. seems like every regime that comes in here has a big decision to make. The Dolphins averaged 9.2 yards per play. That's the second most yards per play in a game in team history. The record of 9.6 yards per play was set in week three earlier this season against Oakland. They had 189 net rushing yards. They were the most by the Dolphins since December 24, 2016, when they rushed for 233 in an overtime win at Buffalo. No Xavier Howard, the Dolphins players stepped up McCain on the outside, Minka Fitzpatrick on the boundary. Fitzpatrick struggled a bit. He will get better. Dolphins punting squad struggled to block punts. They will fix it. This team has a lot of momentum going to the game against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll have our preview show on that later in the week. Before we wrap up the show, son, announce any last thoughts on the miracle in Miami.
1: Just think of all the cheer that you felt during the Miami miracle and just kind of translate that to the holidays and just really think about the 2019 Miami Dolphins and if you are a loose athlete like myself who uh, used to play a lot of sports back in the day and you just kind of sit on your butt the rest of the time think about donating your gently used ligaments and tendons to the Dolphins because we might encounter catastrophic injury in 2019 as well and we want to get ahead of the curve right now So think of your dolphins in 2019 and donate your gently used tendons and ligaments. Do it, people. How how am I supposed to follow up? Donate your
4: tendons and ligaments. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't even know. Uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, thankful for what we witnessed. Everybody enjoyed these last three weeks. Enjoy the time with your family during the holidays and let's just hope the dolphins can do the improbable. That miracle Miami would mean so much more if this team makes into the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe they win a playoff game, but you just got to tip your hat. I mean, this was the team that many believed was a bottom three NFL team this season. All the power rankings, no one believed in them because, you know, they lost the Landrys and the as uh, up and down as we are on Adam Gase. I mean, you got to tip your hat to him with what he's done with such a banged up roster. Just enjoy these last few weeks because once football's over, we're all going to be waiting for it to start up again.
2: An incredible victory for the Dolphins, an improbable and improbable victory for the Dolphins, but a win is a win in the NFL no matter which way you look at it. Again, we'll have more on this game later in the week on a separate episode. We'll also combine that with our preview episode against the Minnesota Vikings. But for now, it's time to bask in the glory of the miracle in Miami. For Joshua Houts and Aaron Sutton, I am Matthew Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We'll talk to you later in the week. Finsider Radio, part of the Fitsider.com, and the SB Nation Network.
3: Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super bow, because we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Get with